All right, guys. Welcome to episode seven. Thank you. Oh, see you next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm Amanda. And we're here to talk about family crimes and the people that commit them. And I promise I'm not that cheerful. That was the wine. I was going to say, that was really, you were just doing a cheer. Like a cheer, like a cheerleader cheer. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Fun fact, mm. I was a cheerleader when I was younger. Are you shitting me? No, like I was like a pop winner cheerleader, like when I was a little bitty. Okay. I stopped at like eighth grade. Okay, that's acceptable. So when I was in high school, fun fact about me, I wanted to become a cheerleader so I could like be all like hardcore from the inside out. I don't even know what that means. Do you know what? Okay. So basically it means like I wanted to wear like black eyeliner and like be like the like the scene or like the goth kid in as, as a cheerleader to like like not be um like popular but like popular be popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um do we need to call your therapist? <laughs> I have an appointment on Tuesday, so no, okay? We're going to go over a lot of trauma, and no, but it was a thing. I was like, okay, I can be like, like, wear like a wife beater with like a fucking, you know, black bra underneath. But you could have done that and not be the cheerleader. I did. Because I also like the cheerleading costume, like costumes is what I'm going to call them. Fucking expensive. They're expensive. I have a whole bunch at Sybil's house. You know, I honestly think that that most cheerleaders, I don't think I know. I know. God, at her, not me. At Get her. ready. And y'all can prove me wrong on this. Prove me wrong. Y'all just use that cheerleading costume for fucking Halloween every fucking year. When you're 40. Am I wrong? Oh, at her, not me. I didn't have that. Am I wrong? I Did I lie? Did I say a lie? So, did you use it for a Halloween costume at any point in time? No, I did not. Um, so when I was a cheerleader, I said Pop Warner. That's like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I was obese. I probably couldn't fit in that now. <gasps> I'm just saying, like, a lot of cheerleaders that I've ever met use that as like a standard, oh, well, this is my Halloween costume. Like, bitch, you didn't even fucking try. That shit has been in your closet since you were in high school. So, no. So, it doesn't count as a Halloween costume. So, Sorry. I'm going to mix um, Fun Fact Amanda, because we've been on a Fun Fact Amanda train lately. I like it. And my love for trashy reality TV. Oh, God, who doesn't love trashy reality TV? And this cheerleader conversation. I'm going to mix them all together, and I'm going to throw this shit at you. Okay, I'm ready. Go. I went to high school with a real housewife of Dallas. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Okay, now you're bringing up some shit that I remember you telling me from, like, a couple years ago. Tell me immediately who that was. Brandy. Brandy. Real Housewives of Dallas. Mm -hmm. Boom. You knew her. Right? Like, knew her? Like, talked to her? Yes, but we were not bestie. We did not run in the same circle. But you knew of her. Like, did you go to the same high school? Yeah, we went to the same high school. Was she popular? Yes. Of course you're not. 
But of course she was. I I was definitely and, and then ready for this um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon ish bullshit. Yeah. So later, after high school, after I've given birth to twins and I'm staying I'm staying home mom and I need like a side gig for some extra cash. Sure. I start waiting tables on the weekends at a restaurant that is owned by her father-in-law. Oh my god. And I'm working, and then all these dudes I went to high school with roll up in there that are friends with her husband. That's uncomfortable. Oh, no, no, no. I escaped to the kitchen real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because. No. Because fuck that shit. Piercings, tattoos. I did not roll with that. No. I was going to ask, okay, so who were you in high school? Because, okay, for anybody who's a Gen Z, if any of y'all are even listening, there was a thing back in even our generations where the popular kids and the unpopular kids were a thing. Like, it was a thing. Everybody had a group. You had, like, the kickers. You had the popular kids. Right? You had, like, the goths slash, like, anti- kids and like like it was like everybody had like a little group so I don't really know I mean there was like I graduated probably like 600 kids okay there's a lot of them so I don't really know like I'm not gonna did you float were you a floater like you like went from like group to group because there were a couple people that I was kind of able to do that because some of my friends were like popular and they they liked me but they like we wouldn't hang out you know what I'm saying by ourselves but they were with the popular kids, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm not going to say that was me, no. Do you really know who you were in high school? And then looking back, do you even know who you were? You know what I mean? Fuck no. I don't know who I am now, let alone high school. Yeah, me neither. Unless you knew you were one of the popular kids. Oh, for sure. If you knew, if you were in, you were in. You but, knew you were And in. if you weren't in... You were either in or you were one of the kids that stayed home every Saturday night. I was in neither one of those groups. What did you do on Saturday nights? Did you go out in the field and drink? Were you that kid? I was you were that kid! No, I wasn't that kid. I didn't start drinking until after high school. Me either. I know. I was there. So who were you then? I don't even, I don't know. What did you do on Saturday nights? Like, I just hung out with my friends. And shot the shit? Yeah. Nice. So you were like... Actually, kind of in a good place. Yeah. Wow. Way to hold us together. Yeah. yeah. How'd that happen? With all our trauma. <laughs> she went downhill after high school. <laughs> and then college happened. And then fucking shit. Good God. What a trip, man. Then I just got word. Painkillers. Hey, booze. <laughs> hey, girl. Ain't nothing, no shame in that game. Live and learn. We lived and we learned. And that is true. Actually, this conversation plays perfectly into the cunt mom, which I'm going to do today. Tell us all about her. Betty Broderick. Woo woo. Yay. Okay, so Betty Broderick, I'm sure everyone has it top of mind because a recent Netflix series dropped, Dirty John. So... Did you pick Betty before or after Dirty John? Before. Before. Wow. Before. What the fuck? Tyler fucking Perry over here. No, um, like, I, 
I've been trying to avoid the Netflix series Dirty John on purpose because it looks terrible. So I watched the first one. Was it good? What was it about? Who who was it about, I should say? You're wanting me to go back that far. You know I have MS brain and I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But was it did you enjoy it? Were you like, okay? I did because honestly, I remember I didn't see the end coming. Like the middle, I don't remember. But I remember the end, I was like, oh snap, that just happened. Okay. Because like I and then I didn't watch season two. Yeah, okay, it literally just just happened, like recently. So I got, I was Googling moms to do and Betty's name came up and I was like, it seemed, it's, it's just a perfect name. Betty Broderick rolls off her tongue, whatever. There was a lot of information about her. So I was like, all right, I don't know much about her. So fuck it, you know? And then of course the Netflix like series came up and then all these articles after the fact, like, oh, New York Times, all shit. Like, oh, it's really open up. So, okay. So that's why I was just like, okay, random chance I'm going to choose her. Holy crap, it was, what a long, strange trip it's been. Let's just put it that way. Like, this past week and a half of, like, research with her has been just fucking bad shit. So, there's three kind of themes that I want you to keep in mind. Okay. One is, she keeps it real like that. As in, she don't fucking, she keeps it real. Okay. Okay. Second one is gaslighting. That's a big theme up in this bitch. Gaslighting. And the third thing is Oprah and 90s daytime TV, which if you lived in the 90s, you know exactly what we're talking about. I think that's where my love of trashy reality TV comes from. That's where it is because that was reality TV pre-reality TV. It was 90s, actually 80s and 90s daytime TV. You got Sally Jesse Raphael. We got ourselves some Mari. We got ourselves some Oprah. We got ourselves, I mean, like. You were not the father. No. What was her name? Who was in Hairspray? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Jenny. Good Lord Almighty. Oh. Brunette. Yes. Super cute. Jenny. Super Jenny. Jenny. Good Lord. Jenny was also one. Jet. Nope. No, I'm thinking Sally Jesse again. God damn it. Uh, you should not have asked me. Um. Not the one with Amanda Bynes, the old school, the 1988 one, that one. Um, but yeah, no, dude, like 90s TV. And then we get into Jerry Springer land. We get oh, into yeah. like fucking um, like some, uh, God, the guy with the mustache who is a terrible human being. On oh, um, why are you asking me these things? I'm sorry. We're both like just like. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Oh, my God. 90s Geraldo. Geraldo. All of these people were like, if you got ever a chance to stay home sick from work or school, you're like, oh, this shit is going on. And then you like watch, you watch the wheel. Oh yeah, Chris is right. You watch the wheel. Bob Barker. Bob Barker. It had to be Bob Barker. Yep. And then you got a chance to watch one of these. I'm sorry, I spit one of these amazing, amazing. Oh, and you had to get your soapy in. Oh, yeah. Days of our days. lives. Days. Oh, thank you. It had to be days of our lives. Do you remember Sunset Beach? No. Oh, my God. Sunset Beach was like a limited, because it didn't last very long. Are you talking about passions? No, not passions. Sunset Beach. Hit me up if you remember Sunset Beach, because it was so fucking good. I think she's making this shit up. I am not making this shit up. 
I remember it was one of the first like soap operas that I was actually like, oh, holy shit, the soap operas are really fun and good. I I'm really enjoying it. I only watch Days of Our Lives. Sunset Beach. Type it in like um, Sunset Beach. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So hard. So hard. Boom. Oh, shit. You're Thank right. Thank you. Thank you. And the guy was a super cutie. Oh, yeah. Eddie Sabron or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, he's married to Liam Rimes now, isn't he? Is that him? Is that the guy? Are you shitting me? I don't know. I don't know. <gasps> oh, no. He's married to that Brandy... Oh, uh, from the fucking Real, oh. Real Housewives, and it goes full circle. Oh, my God. How is that even possible? I we literally it. went full circle. On accident, guys. <laughs> We're so distracted. Anyway. I swear, I thought he was my Leanne Rhymes. Those are the three. Leanne Rhymes and husband, Eddie. That's right. His previous wife was a, was a housewife. And he divorced her and married Leanne Rimes. Oh, my God. And talk about, like, Leanne Rimes when she was, like, what, fucking 14 singing and shit. Yeah, and then she's married, hooked up to... Sorry, Leanne. He kind of looks like... He was married to a real housewife. He was. He was. Anyway, point is... Moving on. Reality TV used to be... You used to just watch that shit like Oprah. And Oprah is not, like, the Oprah we know today who's, like, interviewing, like... Harry and, and Meghan. Oprah was... You have to always bring up Harry and Meghan. You know this I'm is just poking that bear. I'm poking that bear. I'm just like... You know she hung her baby. Yeah, she did. Hey, good for her. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all you have to say? You have more things to say? You want to say it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, so, but Oprah used to be, like, part of that, like, almost like a Jerry Springer. Fake royals because she's not enough for the royals. Oh, there it is. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> it's coming out. I'm just saying, like, it was incredible. So, this just keep this. So, think about late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. This I'm is there. the time I'm there. I'm there. Here we go. My hair, my bangs look like this. Whoosh. Oh, so the side you didn't do like the this? Well, I did this for a while, but then you hairsprayed it up Into and the, over. To the side. Sorry, guys. Like, for those that can't see, we're doing like the fucking, like, claw mm-hmm. over our forehead because it used to like literally like drape. It looks like a claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd like tease it over and around to where it like curved over but into then, your eyebrows. But then you did straight up and over. Mm. You have like a hard side part. No, no. Yeah, a side part. Not in the middle. Fucking millennial. Ha. Did you wear like high-rise jeans, millennial? Ha. <laughs> I would love to be a fucking millennial right now. You're a zennial, remember? We learned it on the last episode. I'm not. That is not a thing. I'm Gen mm. X. I was Gen X, and mm. then all of a sudden, who decided mm. to add something fucking in the middle? Mm. Well, who was it? Come play with us. Was it that person who invented Facebook? That loser? I don't think so. Zuck? You ain't that smart. Anyway, point is, come with me. Come with me and learn about Betty Broderick. Ready? I'm trying. Okay, sorry. Sorry. You're fighting with me. Let's I am go. fighting. I'm fighting. She was born in uh, November 7th, 1947, because if I remember correctly, that's actually Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah, awkward. Um, in Brooklyn, and she's the third of six <laughs> children. The third of six children born to Roman Catholic parents, Maria, uh, excuse me, Marita who is Irish-American, and Frank, 
who's Italian-American, Basalia. So coming from this exact same delineation of human beings, my grandparents, my grandmother on my mother's side was Irish from off the boat, Ireland, and grandpa off the boat, Italian. Holy fuck. Why do y'all always marry each other? <laughs> I feel like you're getting a lot of therapy out mm. in the stories you're getting. Mm. Yeah. All I'm saying is, there's a y'all have lots of kids. There's a lot of drinking. You're very loud. There's a lot of shouting and fighting, but it's all love. And then you you like throw ketchup on some shit, and then here we are. Is it all love? No, it's actually a lot of trauma and shame and guilt. But whatever, we call it love. Anyway, um, so her family owned a successful plastering business with relatives. So, so successful she had a maid as a child. Oh, fuck your sister up. Yeah, right? 1965, just before her 18th birthday, she met Dan Broderick III. Mm. Oh, bougie. Mm. I'm sorry. If you have like a junior or a third behind your name, we're going to assume things. That's Ass- bougie. I mean, just. If you're a junior, not so much. But when you no? get the third... Well, that's true. There's some juniors that are kind of like backwards. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it just, it's very... I mean, let's get real. DJ on Roseanne was Dan Jr. Mmm. Valid point. Mm-hmm. Good job. So, they met at Notre Dame because, of course, they did. Bougie. Yeah. And, of course, it's a giant Irish Catholic school, blah, 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 blah. He was studying to be a doctor, and he approached her and introduced himself as an MDA, a doctor, almost. And his brothers were strict Irish Catholics, shocker. Every single one of them went to Notre Dame, and he himself came from a strict disciplinarian family. So, flash forward to four years later, April of 1969, um, they got married. Oh, did they have a giant wedding in I'm a sure. Catholic church? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's, I didn't research it, but no doubt. I mean, there's no way they did not have a Catholic I would have wedding. looked up pictures of that. Because in my head, her dress, it was up to here, mm. her neck to mm. her chin, mm-hmm. with lace, mm. long lace sleeves, and giant ass bow. I could see that. But, I mean, you, you got to think, like, Irish Catholic isn't so much, like, cover everything. It's more like make it big and a longest service of your fucking life. Oh, it was in English and in Latin. Or maybe Italian. Eh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, where do you go with all that? Why not? We weren't there. Who we, fucking knows? I know. She knows. I know. She was there. <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> She's that old. She's a zenial. I'm just going to call you that from now on. It's happening. When I hit her, <laughs> when I have a new episode next, or a new co-host next episode, you'll know why. So the, both of the, the reason why that it made sense for them to marry, besides the Irish Catholicism, blah, 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 they both had the same interests, i.e. wealth. Of course. Social standing. Of course. And a large family. Right? I know. I she will. She's going to pop out some babies, Andrea style, isn't she? Gear up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Drink that wine, girl. In 73, okay, so here's where it gets wiggity-whack is, um, so Dan decided, hey, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. 
Okay. And he's already gone to med school, hasn't he? Yeah. So he got his MD, and then he decided, you know, what I want to do is go to Harvard and get my, you know, be a, a lawyer. So he got accepted to Harvard, which... Honestly, it's very impressive, to be perfectly honest. Like, have an MD from Notre Dame and then have, like, a PH, or not a PHA, sorry, a, a Juris Doctor, whatever. A law degree. A law degree, thank you, from Harvard in 1973 when he graduated is incredibly impressive. So, kudos, my man. I mean, Kim Kardashian was going to be We're not going to talk about her law degree because in California there's different rules. And you she, do not have to go actually physically to school to get a law degree in California, if you want to understand. And fuck she you. also did not pass the test. So, anyways. Oh, she didn't? No. Have you seen Chloe's face recently? She looks exactly like her little sister. What the fuck? I just want to say Chloe used to be my favorite. Me too. And then she, her face changed. Thank you. I'm not going to say she did anything. Don't yeah. sue me. Of course she did something. Are you shitting me? You can't just change your face like that. Her face looks different. She looks like Kylie. But um, now my favorite is Kendall. That's true. She has, has had the least amount of work done. So, agree. But also she's kind of funny because I saw some sort of social media post and it was like all these kids in the pool and she looked and she pointed at herself and she was like, still no kids. And that's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Ooh, cheers to that. So, anyway, so her and Dan are together during this time, right? So they yes. married in 69. 73, he's graduating from Harvard. Um, they moved to San Diego. So they got married, right? And so they've had two children by this point, okay? They've had Lee, daughter, and Kim, daughter. So she's raising, yeah. She's raising children while he's going to school. So money, right? Who's bringing in the bacon? So from what I, yes, I watched Dirty John season two, Betty, Betty Broderick. Wait, wasn't there a Dirty John between the first one and this one? I don't think so. Just two. Because it was, um, what's her face from American Horror Story? Connie Britton. Right. On the OG. And then now it's Amanda Peet, which... Fucking Amanda Pete. And speaking of Christian motherfucking Slater. Oh, he's back? Oh, yeah, baby. He's back in a big way. He just reminds me of Heather's. He's a cutie, man. I, I think he may have gotten a little Botox on the forehead, but I'm going to forgive him for that. Of course he did. Because, I mean, you know, we all, hey, shit, who doesn't? But God dang it, he looked good. He doesn't look bad. He looked good. I just... Heather's. That's all I'm gonna say. Heather's is a batshit crazy movie. I don't get it. I do not get it. You don't get Heather's. I don't get it. You know what we're doing after we record this? Watching Heather's. Yes, we are. Fucking hell. I mean, because the thing is, like, I get like the the hate for the popular girl thing. I get it because I used to do the same thing. Um, because I'm a scene girl. Fucking a yeah, man. Um, and, and a star. And and metal head. But anyway, um. But yeah, Heather's, I don't, I don't fully understand what the fuck, I mean, halfway through, there's like this, the fire thing, and then, I don't know what's happening. I don't, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. Because you're not the right age. No, I'm not a, I'm not a zenial. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so, during this time, 
from what I remember of the show, and again, it's a show. Uh, she is bringing in the bacon with like odd jobs. She was a teacher. She was a fucking you know server or whatever else you know odd jobs. What is she teaching? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what she's teaching. But she's a teacher. Okay, so. Eventually, they, he graduated from Harvard. They're like, F it. We're going to move to San Diego, right? Which, God bless. San Diego is a beautiful city. I do not blame them. Especially coming from New York, which is cold as fuck. And you go to a place like San Diego where it's like literally like 75 to 90 degrees at all times. Yeah, good choice. I can bear more with that. Right? You Beach. Want to San Diego? Yes. In a heartbeat. Okay. Absolutely. So... During this time, she wrote an unpublished 90-page account of her marriage. She titled, What's a Nice Girl to Do? A Story of a White-Collar Domestic Violence in America. Why did she do this? I'm so confused. Gear up. She felt trapped with her two children at the time, Kim being the oldest and Lee the second. Okay. So, I'm going to try to be as like vague as possible on purpose. So you're going to ask a lot of questions. Okay? Uh-huh. Get ready. Yeah. So soon Dan is making a million dollars a year in the 80s. Did you do a conversion for nowadays? I did not. If you want to do the conversion while I keep talking, that would be phenomenal. Good uh-huh. idea. I thought, didn't think about that. Um, and they have a $300,000 house. Again, it's the 80s. That's a lot of money. That's a fucking at least a million dollar house now. At least minimum. So... They're part of the Hoyer Country Club, Fairbanks, Fairbanks Ranch Country Club, and Warner Springs Ranch Country Club, which apparently is some crazy private resorts in, in San Diego. So, in other words, his bet on being an MD and a lawyer paid off. And he specifically does law for malpractice. So he understands not only like being a doctor, he fully understands the law. So he's able to really be a fucking amazing malpractice lawsuit doctor or a doctor, or a lawyer. And he's making a million dollars a year, which is insane. So how much is that? In 80s money, it's equal to. Yeah. I love these calculators. It's so crazy. Five billion dollars. Kidding. Three million two hundred forty thousand nine hundred forty-six dollars and sixty cents. How much is a three hundred thousand dollar house? So do three hundred thousand. Now I'm curious. So he's making three hundred three three million dollars a year. In other words, TikTok money um, for all of y'all uh, Gen Zers out there. Which hey, holla at your sister and and help me figure out this shit so I can get that uh, three million a year like y'all are. $300,000 in 80s money Yeah, is $980,078.88. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. A million dollar home. A million dollar home. Again, it's a fucking, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Anyway, then they were part of country clubs. Like, so they were living the life. They were living the dream. What they wanted. They have wealth, they have social standing, and they have a family. Maybe not a large family yet, but they have a family. They have two kids, right? Um, so eventually they did have two more kids, boys, not twins, but they had two boys. So then they had their full family, four kids, okay? Two. Okay. 
100%. They have a condo in Keystone, Colorado, boats, cars. They went on ski vacations. They went on cruises. They went on trips to Europe. Um, and they assume traditional gender roles, i.e. man goes out, gets the money, brings it back. She is full-on mom in it. She is mom in it to the max. Well, I don't think she's happy with it. I mean, we'll see if she is. Possibly. Okay, well. Mm, find out. I'm pretty sure she's not. <laughs> Come with me on this journey. Um, so Dan handles all the money. Okay. Of course he does. Well, yeah, because he's a lawyer and, you know, he knows his shit. He's the man. So this is in between 73 and 83, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, all this shit's going down. They're living the dream, in other words. Like, she's out buying fucking, you know, Gucci. We're talking, like, living her best life. Oh, yeah, girl. She's getting it. I mean, I could be your bestie if she'd hook me up with a Gucci bag. hmm And in the show, we get a phenomenal phenomenal, like, show from Missy Pyle, which I don't know if you've ever seen her before. You've seen her in movies. You just don't know who she is. She's that person in movies. You're like, oh, shit, it's that girl. Incredible performance from Missy Pyle. Yes, Google it 100%. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't have And, like, she does have, like, this, again, the show is, like, taking liberties, of course, because why not? Uh, like, this friend group of, like, rich bitches. It's incredible. It's so cool. Um, but she's one of them, and, and I just love her to death. So, yeah. in 1983, right? You know who Missy Pyle is now, right? Hold on. Uh, I'm, I'm getting there. Go to the photos. Go to the photos. We're on IMDb right now, just so you know, everybody. So, we're not just, like, leaving you out. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. 80, 1983. This is important, so I need you to, like, know... And, and, and take note of it is um, Dan hired an assistant named Linda Kolkena or Kilkina. I've heard it both ways. It's a psych reference if anyone likes the show Psych because it's an incredible show. But I literally did hear it both ways. Kolkena, Kolkina. I don't, I don't know. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. She was 22 at the time. Okay, so Dan, frame of reference. Dan used to work for a, a law firm, right? So it was like so-and-so, so-and-so, and blah, right? Like, you know, we've always seen that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to work for a law firm, and then he was like, fuck it. I'm going to strike out of my own. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to open up my own law firm, private practice, which a lot of people, not private practice, but law firm. A lot of lawyers do that. Cool. So he does that, and he's in an office building, right? So he's not, he's on the floor of, he's not the only person in the whole office building, but right. there's a receptionist in the office building who is Linda Kokena. So he, she's a receptionist. He hires her as his legal assistant, i.e. paralegal. Of course he does. And his wife, you know, uh, Betty was like, okay, well, I'm glad you got some help, but why is she qualified? Like she's a you know, receptionist, like she has no qualifications to be like a paralegal or whatever. And at that fucking moment, she was like, you fucking this bitch. Yeah. Right. Who would not think that who, what woman in her right mind would not think that. Right. Like I would think that. Thank you. Like you're hiring somebody who's unqualified for a role and you want her to work exclusively with you on your floor on and only you. So, yeah, there's some, oh, like, yeah. shape, shape, shape. 100%, like, you're bad, you can bail, bail. 100%. So, 
he stated, of course, something's going on, blah, 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 blah. So eventually, like, shit starts to go downhill, more and more signs. There was one moment where um, Linda even, or sorry, Betty even goes to Dan's office and tries to surprise him for his birthday, and, like, he's not there. Of course he's not. there's all these streamers and, like, cake and whatever else inside the office, and... You know, she sat there waiting for him to come back from lunch, and he never came back. Well, we all know where he was. I'm saying, I mean, like, you know, shit happens. So, I'm just saying I know where he was. So, anyway. She gets pissed the fuck off. That exact same day, she goes to his house, goes into his closet, throws all his clothes on the lawn, and burns them. Well, I mean, I'm not going to hate on that. It's understandable. I mean, you know, fuck him. So, Dan officially separated from Betty in February of 1985. So, that's two years from the time that Dan started and uh, hired Linda, right? She let that go on for two years. There is a lot of stuff. So, this is where the show kicks in, okay? The show kind of covers, I mean, and again, huge liberties. And they say it like every single episode. They're always like, hey, look, we're like, we're really like leaning hard in Liberty Land here because we really don't know exactly what happened. I'm just saying. But yeah, no, there's some crazy shit. Basically, like he's stepping out, you know, doing all the man shit where it's like, no, nothing's going on. And then, you know, you call and like, whatever. And then like Linda answers the phone and. Gets all pissed off and yeah. So then she's like, Betty, again, this is the show. Betty goes, you better like fucking fire her. And he's like, I will. And then she calls up to see if she's fired and she's not and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, Betty, two years for real. Took you two years. Now, I'm going to throw this at you as to why she stayed. Irish Catholic. You do not get divorced. That is a cardinal sin. Well, I don't know much about religion, so... Yeah, it's it's like a big fucking deal. Especially as a, as a woman, you do not get divorced from your husband. You stick that shit out and you figure it out. I'm saying you divorce him, you take 75% of his money, and you live the good life. 75? Bitch, you ain't gonna take 50? You gonna take 75? I'm gonna take 75. You wanna know why? Why? You've been fucking her for two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's tax. It's fucking interest. It's fuck tax. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Hashtag fuck, fuck tax. tax. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, that's great. So obviously they're on the fast track to divorce. Shocker. So <laughs> they start the proceedings of divorce. Um, so... They had a lot of different, like, conversations, and there was a lot of, like, back and forth between them. And desperate, Betty dropped the kids off on Dan's doorstep one by one in Easter um, when Kim was 15 um, in September of 1985 because she was pissed off, like, basically saying, like, you deal with the kids because, like, you're over here living the good life, and I'm over here having to raise the kids. Fuck you, essentially. I love that she did it one by one. Oh, yeah. She was like, fuck you. She didn't, she didn't take them all at once. She was like, here's one, here's one. Exactly. Take another. You know what? 
That's some shit out Get fucked. Here it is. Exactly. That, so That's something I would do 100%. So this divorce is one of the most famous in San Diego history. Like, we're talking, you've heard of contentious divorces before where you're like, oh my God, what in the hell? This is like insane. We're going into crazy town. No. Hardcore. On Kim and Kanye, where are we at on this level? We're at... Kim and Kanye, when Kanye filmed that video of them when they first got together on the bike. I mean, like, because you know they're going through a divorce right now. Right. And he just went on vacation with his new girl. I really couldn't give a shit less about them because they're both fucking narcissists. Well, I fucking hate them both. 100%. um, I follow E! News on the Insta and... Mm -hmm. They've been flooding my feed, so... So, it's, like, essentially, you've learned everything about the Kardashians against your will. Pretty much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know why this is news, guys. With bigger issues. There are way bigger issues like, in the world. did we not see this divorce coming, like... Seriously. However many years ago they got married? Thank you. I was shocked it lasts this long. I'm shocked that Bradley Cooper's ex-girlfriend is the one he went on a vacation with. Like, you went from Bradley Cooper to that... Mm. I don't even know her name. Oh, oh, God, dang it! I'm not even going to Google it. That's how much I know. She's a model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gorgeous. Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, fucking, um. Oh, do we get a video? We get a video. I love your videos. Thank you. I hope my video last episode was on part with your videos. Of course it was. I was so glad. I was like, oh, videos. I love, I learn, I learn by seeing. So <laughs> I'm very much a video person. Um, so they're going through a divorce, obviously, after 1985 when he moved out. So and people did not divorce in 1985, no matter what religion you were. But I thought this was like the latchkey kid like era where everyone was getting divorced. Well, that was like when people started to get divorced. Like 1985 was latchkey two parents working. Okay. Um, like I specifically remember being in elementary school, like fifth grade-ish. So that would have been... So 1985. That would have been not 1985. That would have been later... Right. And I remember, like, that was, like, when kids' parents started getting divorced, so that's when kids started talking about it, and I remember it was like, oh, are your parents divorced? Are your parents divorced? Oh, what about you? Like, it was a thing. Like, it was becoming a thing. Was it, like, because... Because, like, think about this, okay? So, whenever your parents are getting divorced, your parents are boomers, okay? And they've been taught by their parents to, I mean... That's what you do. You stay in a marriage, period. There is no getting out. It is what it is. You deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. We're talking to the point where, you know, you're married to goddamn John Wayne Gacy and this motherfucker, like, hiding bodies in the basement. And you're like, well, you know, you know, I'm married and blah, you know. Yeah. So was it because at that time, like, there was, like, a... a, a Women were realizing we do not have to put up with this shit and coming off the backs of like the 70s whenever like there was like the burning of the bras and like the feminist revolution in the United States and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know why all of a sudden it was a thing. Like 
all of a sudden it was just okay. And as kids, like that's what it was like. We talked about, oh, you're being smart, or you're being sports, or you're being sports. Like that's what it was. Was it scary? Was it like, oh shit, are my parents gonna get divorced? Oh fuck no! Like vivid fucking memory. I will never forget. Fourth or fifth grade conversation. Somebody said to me, oh, are your parents divorced? And my response was, I fucking kid you not. I said, no, but they should be. Oh, shit, girl. That's how you know. But that's it, though. Like, that just shows you, like, you were like, God dang it, I wish. Right? I mean, like, that just, you know, trauma. How about therapy? How about you, girl? You know I was in therapy. I'm Oh, yeah, that's how it works, you know? <laughs> you get the star, and then you're, like, done. Like, there's, like, a gold star. I'm fixed. You want the name of my therapist? She's great. She mm. fixes people mm. in, like, six months. Mm-mm-mm. No, my deductible started over in January. I had to cut her loose. Oh, God dang it. Fuck this. <sighs> Health but, system in the United States. Excuse me. I'm very upset about that. But you know what? I don't throw papers on the floor at work like a toddler anymore. I just okay. sit at my desk and call people cunts under my breath. And then stew internally and then, like, watch TikTok videos angrily, like, fuck you, motherfucker. No. Now I engage with people on our See You Next Tuesday Twitter feed. So, hey, hit her up. If she's ever, like, on Twitter, it's going to be between 8 and 5. If it's between 8 and 5, I'm really at my day job and I'm supposed to be working. And she's pissed off. So that's a great time to, like, hit her up because she doesn't want to be working. (laughs) Chances are I'm not pissed off. I'm just supposed to be working, and I'm telling them it's basically my fuck you. You're going to pay me to do this other job I got. Hey, there it is. That Um, I really love more than your bullshit. Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. I love this murder more than my other bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's my choice versus like, oh, god dang, i got to pay the bills, but. Yeah, they forced me to send that chair all day. It sucks. (sighs) Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, so divorce. She is at this time disobeying restraining orders. Oh, God. She's making death threats. She's spray painting walls. She smeared a cream pie that Linda made on Dan's shit. Um, In her view, she had no choice but to lash out. Why? Because a restraining order is just a piece of paper and she can do what she wants? No, because Dan is like a high-profile lawyer in the city of San Diego, and therefore he's using all his bar connections to, like, be against her. Oh, and the restraining order was a lie, and he used his connections to get it anyways? Correct. That's exactly right. To harm her interests. Mm, sure. Dan eventually obtained full custody of their children and was able to sell the family home against... Her wishes, thanks to a court order. Good job, Dan. Yes. So, um, again, we're going to go back to Oprah, which oh, I... the big O. The big O, who is incredible. We love you, Oprah. Okay. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. What do I... You can say that louder. That's okay. Say that louder. What do you think of her relationship with Gail? I think that, you know, all of us have needs. And I think that if it is a... My soulmate, truly, my, like, non-sexual soulmate is, like, you and then, like, you know, our other friend. 
and y'all are women. And that's like not like a like a you know thing, but you know I think that that's possible to have a soulmate who's a woman and not be like into each other. Do you think that? Do you think they're into each other? I kind of. I don't. I don't want to attack the big O. Let's listen to your. <laughs> I just I love Oprah too because like I'm scared of her. So are you? A little bit. Why? Are she intimidates you? I'm afraid that she could hear this and take us out. You think she could, like, come in and, like, have people, like... Shut us down. Like, Dr. Phil is going to come to our house because he's, what, Texan and, like, <laughs> get us or some shit? No, not Dr. Phil. People that are actually more powerful. <laughs> it's hilarious. You're freaking hilarious. Um, but, so, this is the thing. So... Oprah, I'm just going to name my sources real quick because, again, I fucking forgot. God dang it. I forgot last Mother time. Fuck. We put them in the show notes. We always put them in the show notes on our blog, on our website, just so you know. So um, there's a couple of sources that I use. Obviously, it's an Oprah interview, an Oprah interview times two, which I'm not going to like say what it is because that's incredible. There's biography.com. There's an incredible 1990 Amy Wallace LA Times article. Incredible. Amy Wallace hit us up. Amazing article that you did um, about Betty Broderick, which they also referenced in the show, which I was like, oh my God, I read that article. It was incredible. Um, Wikipedia, which, you know, I do go there. Oh, I know. I know you get aggro when I go to Wiki. I have feelings about the Wikipedia when you use that and the Reddit. But I also go to many, many other sources because I like start at Wiki to get like dates of like, you know, Birth, death, that kind of thing. I will tell you, my pod daughter, or pod daughter, pod daughter, she did tell me that in some cases, Wikipedia can be used as a reliable source. Thank you. Because like, even in college, when I was going back, that was like when Wiki was like kind of first starting. They were like, look, you can start at Wiki, but it cannot be your only source. It cannot be. Which I get. I mean, like, I understand that because there's a lot, but... There's also a USA LA Times mini docu-series that I watched, again, on the YouTubes, which YouTube has been fucking nailing it with these, like, mini-series and shit from, like, the 80s and 90s that it just cannot seem to find. You just, like, Google it. It's incredible. So that's where my sources are. But I am getting to um, the part where we're going to watch or listen to this um, part of a 1992 interview that... Oprah did with Betty Broderick and there's a piece of it. There's a recording of Betty and her son um, talking to each other. So I'm going to play that piece right now. He's cheated and lied and There's nothing. Don't you think being back for two years is enough, no mom? We're the best family in the whole world. We're all so happy. So I don't know if you guys can hear that, but basically it's Danny, her son, saying, look, mom, we used to be happy with dad and you. If you would just stop saying bad words then we could all be together. So 
Betty is constantly harassing Linda and Dan. She's leaving shitty-ass messages on their answering machines. She's going to their house and fucking shit up. She's, like, constantly in their shit. She cannot let it go that Dan is leaving her. She cannot. And her her son, who, by the way, I think was, like, 10 at that time. Oh, my God. This little Poor boy. Baby. Yeah. He's 10 years old. Is pleading with his mom. Look, Mom, if you just... Stop doing what you're doing. We can see you. The restraining order will come off. We can be with you. We can have, like, visitation. But you keep fucking shit up. Poor baby. Like, why is it in this 10-year-old's hands to, like, rationalize with this crazy-ass cunt? I don't know. So I'm calling it right now. Are you? Betty's cunt. Okay. I'm just going to vague it out. Following the house sale, Broderick drove her car into the front door of Dan's new home, which resulted in a three-day mental hold. So, just FYI, whenever she did that, her parents had flown in from New York to visit. That happened. They took the kids and they bounced, and they never saw Betty again. They were like, and we're done with this. You know what? Yet again... Another parent of another crazy cunt doing the right thing. Well, Betty said that her mother was um, a person that would rather lay in bed if you were out on the highway with a flat tire, tire than come and help you out. You drove a car through a house. I mean, heads I'm up. just gonna. There it is. So Dan tried to control Betty's behavior via the support he was paying her. Okay, so... Originally, it started out as, gear up, $9,000 a month. I, I, I'm sorry. I do not comprehend numbers that much. $9,000 a month in support. And I, that was not enough for her. I'm sorry. I do not comprehend numbers that big. And then it turned into $16,000 a month. Pop sockets from our last episode <laughs> are on sale for $8,000. No, no. Oh, wait, no. They're now going for $12,000 oh, a piece. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the pop sockets are now $12,000. And each. Yeah, each month. Though it's like a monthly payments recurring subscription. And you get one. Yes, and you only get one. Yeah. <laughs> so this bitch is getting paid $16,000 a month. I married the wrong man. Girl, you're you're preaching. You're preaching to the choir at this point. What we're trying to say is marry for money. Hang out on the steps of the law school mm. or in the medical school, mm. school of your college. Mm. Yeah. Let me text the pod daughter real yeah. quick. And this is with heavy sarcasm, by the way. If yes. you guys could not tell, we are very sarcastic people. I'm not texting the pod daughter. No, this is not happening. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, so what, what Dan would try to do is like every time she would like fuck shit up, he would like deduct from her monthly amount. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Right? At one point she was under like $1,600. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So much. Yeah. He would start docking it. And then at one point she said, I have nothing left to live on. Well, stop driving your car through houses. Betty wrote in 1988... I can't, I can't imagine what I could have done. Short of shooting him, that would have been a stronger statement than this. Well, I have a feeling you're going to do that. Mm. In 89, April 22nd, Dan and Linda got married. Oh, goody, goody. What did she do at the wedding? 
I know there's a story. So at the wedding, she actually did not show up, but they had high levels of security at the wedding. I'm sure they did. Because do you want to know what Linda's dress looked like? Tell me. Okay. First, I actually saw photos, so I'm going to see if you get it. First of all, Linda wore a, um, her hair was that French twist. Okay. Mm she wore a mermaid fitting tight dress. Okay, okay, okay. It was white silk, because mm-hmm. this is her first wedding. Of course, and you always wear white. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Form-fitting mermaid white silk, very long, um, not trained, but the other thing you wear in your hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's that called? Veil, very yep. long white veil. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say spaghetti straps. No lace. You ready to see? Mm-hmm. Lit, pretty goddamn close. She had like the, you're right, not over the face, but on the back, veil. Mm-hmm. Little headband going on with some flowers. Oh, I missed the headband because, you know, it's still the 80s. It's, the, it's, it's like still the 80s. It's still the 80s. I moved up a decade. She had pearls and then she had no spaghetti strap, but she did have like the off. Not off the shoulder. What is this? What is this? Cap sleeve? What is, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I don't know what to call that. Sweetheart, Sweetheart neckline. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I was... You're pretty goddamn close. I was in the wrong decade. And... If it had been the 90s, she... That's what she would have And here's Dan. Here's Danathan. You know, looking all happy and shit. So he looks like a douche, Tom. But... We'll never know. Because... Betty murdered them. Get ready. Gear up. Oh, my God. Shit, hot hole. Woo, here it is. Both of them? On November 5th, 1989, four days before Betty's 42nd birthday, which, bitch, haven't we all been there with the fucking existential crisis before her birthday? Dan threatened to file criminal contempt charges against her and left that, you know, shit in her mailbox, and Betty was like, uh, fuck you, essentially. Dan was upset because he wanted her to stop leaving lewd messages on the answering machine to him and Linda. So essentially, like, Linda and him had that un- really annoying couple thing where they had, like, the like the joint message. Oh, this is Dan, and this is Linda. Yeah. Or it'd be just, like, Linda, and that would, like, piss Betty off to no degree. So she was like, fuck all y'all, you know, essentially. So Dan was like, here's another court order because I'm a lawyer. Stop doing that. I mean, did he have to leave it in her mailbox, though? Couldn't he have, like, served her? Well, at this point, like, Dan is feeling so threatened. He has a restraining order against her. He had security at his wedding. The last thing he wants to do is have any contact with this person. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, he could have had, like, um, a constable serve her. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not victim-blaming Dan. I'm just... Right. I know. Like... There's other ways. I mean, like, this is all so much for me. Why? Tell me more. You know I had legal issues with my mother-in-law. This is true. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you've been married before, and I was being like, No, 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 no. Don't take it like Scooby-Doo it. You know I just had my 20-year anniversary on Wednesday, right? What the fuck, bitch? You didn't tell me shit? And, like, you guys just celebrated 20 years together? Well, it wasn't... We didn't do anything. I cooked spaghetti and meatballs for my family for dinner, and... 
Y'all need to get up out this house and go somewhere. Well, my daughter has her very last dance recital tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, that's important. So, so then after that, y'all need to get up out this house. We're, and we're probably going to go to dinner next weekend. Just the two of us. When we can. Oh, my God. That's, like, when we can't go out. Do I need to buy y'all, like, like a fucking, like, hotel room, like, just for, like, two nights to, like, not be? No, you don't. But, you know, do you know that we've been together for 22 years? That's insane. We got married. The day we got married was the day we met. Two years prior. Shut up. That's really sweet. Nah, sounds like... <laughs> So someone who's been married 20 years, you're like, I made spaghetti. Like, I get that, though. I get that. I'm I mean, married. after this, I mean, it's been this long. No, I mean. What are we, we're going to, we're going on, we're on 11, we're going on 12. I completely understand. Like, legit. It's like a, we buy a bottle of champagne, we drink a glass, and we're like, you want to watch TV? Okay. And then, like, that's it. Like, that's <laughs> it. legit means spaghetti and meatballs for me, pod husband, and the youngest pod son, because... The pod twins were not even home. <laughs> Dude, whenever you can, whenever you say pod twins, I'm thinking Wonder Twins, and like I'm going into that world. So you know we call them the Wonder Twins. Oh, shut up! Oh my god, of course you do. <laughs> that's what I do. But no, you. My bow flex was my anniversary gift. After 20 years, I got workout equipment. Woo! <laughs> Living your best life. But that Dude. was my choice. That's that, like, uh, that's the one with, like, the... It's the max climber, and it's, like, kind of like a stair climber, but you move your arms, too. I love it. No, I love it. I do it every morning. I'm not a morning person, and I get up between 4.30 and 5 in the morning so I can work out before work. That's you crazy as fuck. 4.30 and 5 a.m.? That's when I take a piss and go, God dang it, I gotta wake up in a couple hours. Yeah, because I have to be out of the shower, like, I have to be in the shower no later than 5.30 in the morning. I don't know how you do it. I'll be real honest. I do not know how you do it. I gotta make my paper, boo-boo. That's right. That's up. Hey. Hey, holla. You know? Snaps to that. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. So, I've been doing that every morning. I love my Bowflex. It's with every penny us he spent on that. Hit us up, Bowflex. <laughs> I love it. I really do. But that 30-minute workout almost killed me the other morning. I almost I'm died. so proud of you. That's amazing. It's really good for my MS because I'm supposed to be working out. Right, right. I mean, like, working out is good anyway. Just, like, yeah. get your energy up and everything. Yeah, but else. when you have a chronic illness, that, that can affect... Your um, mobility, mm. it's really good that you work out. Yeah. My doctor would be proud. You should totally tell her. Are you telling her? You're telling her that, right? Next time I see her, I'll tell her. Good. You should. Because you know I see her like every three to four months. Right. Love having an illness. <laughs> <laughs> you handle it with much grace, I have to tell you. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and so, why? The wine's the secret. Wine is the that's, secret. That's it's what tannins. That's why I get up at the butt crack of dawn to work out because as soon as I walk through the door in the evenings, mm-hmm. I have to drink the wine. <laughs> You're like, hmm, cute. Time for wine. I can't wait the 20 to 30 minutes <laughs> to work out to drink the wine. 
It's got to be in the morning. Otherwise, you'd be, like, sitting on there. You'd be on the fucking boat flex with a guy named Corksicle, like, glass in your hand with wine. You'd be like, mm-hmm, I'm working out. Corksicle, hit a song. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Betty. Okay. Betty. Betty Broderick. Okay, so on November 5th, we're going to go back. November 5th, 1989. Where were you? Um... Where were you? I was... I could tell you, but then I have to... three. I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. Mm. I might just reveal my age when I do my story. Amanda was also three years old at that time. I was one and a half. You were one and a half. Yes. Um, Betty took her daughter's keys to Dan's house, went to the bedroom where Dan and Linda were still in bed, and fired five bullets... From her revolver. Revolver. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck word did I just say? Revolver. Revolver. What the fuck? Am I in New York? Like, what just happened there? You said you were in New York during the Prohibition. Revolver. Jesus. Take the wheel. Um, re- I'm going to say gun. Who the fuck? Did I write revolver? I think I, like, copy-pasted gun. I'm... T- G-U-N. Boom. Lord Almighty. You were like in a speakeasy in the Prohibition in New York. At least I was in a speakeasy because I would need something to drink at that point. That was the funniest shit ever. What the fuck? Oh, God. Pray for us, y'all. Seriously, we need some Jesus. Um, oh, shit. So she fired five shots. Two hit Linda. Who died instantly. Thank you for that. And I'm glad she died instantly and didn't suffer. Oh, okay. And I was like, what? No, I'm glad she didn't suffer. Okay, okay. One struck Dan. Did Dan suffer? I actually don't know that. That's a good question. Um, Broderick later revealed in an interview to the LA Times... That, I know, right? After she shot him, Dan said, okay, okay, you got me. Oh, so he didn't die instantly. Right. Okay. She also stated he was on the floor, and the phone was right next to him, and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to be on that phone before I'm down the stairs. So to prevent this, Betty pulled the phone cord out of the wall before leaving him to die. Okay, I'm going to stop for a moment because everybody who doesn't understand what I just said we used to have phones that were connected to walls via a cord. Oh my god, that was a thing? Oh my god. Because, you know, I am only 22. Yeah, I know. Like, So let me back it up for you. Basically what would happen is you would call the phone company. They would come in and install a phone in your house. What? what? And then you would like have like a house phone that everyone would call you on. Like, not so even a cell phone. You can take it with you, right? No. What? Yeah, no. You can take it with you? And so you had to wait. You, what would you do when you left the house? You would just, like, not have a phone. So how would you talk to your friends? You would have to, like, go back to your house. So how would people know where you were? <laughs> they wouldn't. They literally what? would not have any fucking clue unless you told them where you were. What kind of bullshit is that? I know. And then it was also shared by everybody in the house. You had to, like, wait until somebody else was off the phone. What if somebody called you while you were on the phone? Well, then it depends on if you're rich enough to have call waiting. 
And you can like, like, like literally push a button to like beep over to the other call. But at that time, there was no call waiting. Oh my God. This. <laughs> Am I'm I blowing sh- your mind? I'm shook. I Are don't you- know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeet. And chewy. Yeah, no, for real. Like, <laughs> she basically was like, okay. I'm. Hold on. Let me. I'm going too far ahead. So she pulled the, the, the phone out of the wall, the, the cord, bam, out of the wall. She's like, oh, my God. He's going to, like, call somebody, whatever. Um, she walked outside. She drove herself, and she was like, I'm going to kill myself because, oh, my God, I cannot believe I just did that. Then she realized she had no bullets left. Of course she didn't. So she then. bullets did you revolve? Revolve. Revolve. Seriously, where did that come? Like, I feel like it was like deep in my soul, like Rose. You know? I think you're a New York Italian from the Bronx. <gasps> I wish. Jesse from the Bronx. Oh, shit. I wish. I'm legit, like, I wish I was tough enough to live in New York. I don't know. I don't know. That city, like, shapes you in a way. You're Jesse from the Bronx. <laughs> Jesse from the Bronx. Hey, <laughs> it's me, Jesse from the Bronx. I mean, shit. Um, so, what would you do after you shot into your ex-husband's room? What would be your first thought? Like, okay, I'm like shooting, shooting, shooting into my ex-husband's room with his new wife. I pulled the phone cord out. Then what? So, my first thought would be I would call you so you could come help me dispose of the bodies and clean up. Valid, okay, not what I was thinking you would say, but yes, you're 100% correct. You win. No. So she called her daughter Lee. That is not what I would do. Yeah. That is the exact opposite of what I would do. Mm. And her daughter's boyfriend. No, I wouldn't do that either. Yeah. No. So Mm -hmm. the one good thing Betty did do is she turned herself in. I would not do that either. (laughs) She's like, that's not going to happen. That's not on the list of things I would do. No. So, um, she turned herself in, obviously was charged with murder because she confessed to it, like, immediately. Well, because it's murder. Yeah. Obviously. So, she went to trial the first time, and, um, it actually ended in a mistrial. I'm sorry, what? Because... They could not settle between convicting her for murder or manslaughter, and because they could not establish intent. I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Because there's a confusion there? Yes. Because her intent was to not murder him? Okay, so I'm going to skip ahead quite a bit. Betty was a symptom of the, of the disease at the time. Again, we're coming off a generation of women that were told you do what your husband tells you to do. You raise the oh, family. Battered women syndrome. You do everything that the man is telling you to do. And you just like toe that party line all the way down. Right. But that doesn't mean you get to kill people. A lot of women really identified with Rock, with Betty. They were saying, like, this man basically used all his power and influence to get where he was. 
I raised the children while he was in law school. I, I took an extra job or two or three while he was in law school to, to make sure that we had food on the table so he could have his career to eventually get us to another better life. And then whenever he did get us to a better life, I'm still raising the children. I'm still taking his shit. He's using his power against me. He's basically um, domineering in many different ways. And I am absolutely going to give an opinion on the Dirty John Betty season two of that of that show. It is highly, highly favored in Betty's direction. Highly. It's basically showing Betty as a victim 1,000% in her favor. Now, there are some times where it does show where she is off base, like literally like kind of going ham. But the, the thought and the feeling of the time is basically like, well, of course she fucking shot his ass. This motherfucker has nothing but power, money, and connections. And he's basically gaslighting, yes, I'm saying that word, her to make her feel crazy. First off, he's denying that there's a, an affair. He's saying like, ah, oh, you're fucking crazy. What are you talking about? Of course I love you. It's only about you. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Two, he's basically saying, because you think that, are you really even fit and stable to raise our children? What are you doing around my children? Right? Get in custody. Three, then he's like, oh, now you're threatening me and my new wife. Blah, 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 blah. So therefore you must be fucking certifiable. And then you run your car into my house and I get a three-day hold on you. Therefore... You're crazy. I mean, yes, I see those things, and I acknowledge those things. But when you respond to those things with crazy... You don't match crazy with crazy, what you're saying? Yeah. Right. So, Oprah, God bless you, oh. oh she got an interview with Betty... Right between... Oh, between the trial and jail? Yes. How did she pull that? I don't shit? know! It's uh, Oprah! How did she do the things I know. that she does? I don't I know. Don't I don't know. I don't understand. And you get a car, it. and you get a car, and we get an interview with Betty Broderick. Like, seriously, it's incredible. So, this Oprah interview really makes it apparent that... Betty is very much like, this man had control over me, period. That's it. Nothing but control. I had no control over my life. He controlled everything about me, about our lives. He told us where to go, what to do, blah, 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 blah. So a lot, and this is why there was a mistrial, because a lot of people were like, I could see that. He's a lawyer. He has power. He has money. He is able to do what he needs to do to get where he's oh, at. No, it's his son. So she basically said in this interview, money wasn't the issue. Now, granted, she's getting $16,000 a month. Right. She was saying her safety and her children's safety was an issue. And that Dan and Linda controlled everything, including the money and where everything was going. Okay. So I'm going to go 
back in time, because I'm actually kind of skipping ahead a little bit, just to kind of give you like that feel of why the jury was like, I have no fucking idea here, is because when trying to prove intent, right, like obviously like it helps to have DNA or some sort of like, you know, gun, you know, right, shell right, casings, right, right. blah, blah, blah. She confessed, which helps a lot, obviously. Like she said, yeah, I definitely like shot the gun. Her initial statement to the police was, look, I went to the house, I brought the gun, I was intending them to take me seriously. That was it. I wanted them to listen to me because, like, the gun is there for going to instill fear enough to where they listen to me. And then the gun went off. See, and here's where I have a problem with that. Okay. Because anyone who has been around guns and is... Welcome to Texas. (laughs) Knows anything about firearms. Knows... You do not pull out a gun unless you're intending to use it. Thank you. And you also don't buy a gun, for the most part, unless you're intending to use it at some point. Am I wrong? I don't intend to use a gun. No, no, no. But if someone broke into your house or threatened your children, of course. Absolutely. That's why you have them, right? Or you're a hunter. You're going to go... On deer, yeah. quail, whatever. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm upset. Hypothetically. I'm upset with you. Um, see you next Tuesday, go south. Right. I'm upset. I have some things to say to you. And I want you to take me seriously. I'm not going to bring a gun to your house. Mm. Because I'm not going to shoot you. Right. What are you going to do instead of a gun? I am going to call you and I'm going to say, Jesse, we need to talk about this. I don't want to ruin our friendship. Um, We need to talk. Thank you. So, there's some holes in that argument. Yeah. Agreed. Hot mess agreed. So, um, yeah. She is definitely leaning on the fact and hoping that people will think that she is basically a a wife who was pushed to her limits, in my opinion, and can't do anything else but this, essentially, right? So, I mean, who's going to think murder's the answer ever? Mm, Well, you know. She out of jail. It's usually me. So get... This. So, second trial happens in December of 1991. Because, I mean, the prosecution's not going to let this go. They're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they're going to. Absolutely not. She again claims a victim of abuse, manipulation, and the jury in her second trial did not play that shit. And they found her guilty. Two counts of second degree murder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She believed the entire system of justice there in San Diego County was against her because Dan did have a, he'd had a, a huge social circle of judges. Yeah. Lawyers. Doctors. I mean, did her, rich people. Did her attorney try to get it moved to a different venue or a county or whatever? You know how they yeah. do that. Yeah. That I don't know, but I, I think that it was probably one of the things, you know? I mean, this is what she said, and I'm quoting, it always makes me mad when people call them victims, as in Dan and Linda. Yeah. 
Me and my kids were the victims. There were two dead people. There were five victims. I mean, I can see that if, depending on what you believe. I'm just going to play. Okay, so she got, that was the verdict in 1991. This interview with Oprah happens in 1992. Okay, so she has not been sentenced yet. Okay. Right, so we're like, yes, we're convicted. No, we're not sentenced. So why is she not in jail waiting sentencing? So I think at this point she might have been, or she might have been out on bail. I'm not fully. I love the 80s and 90s. We Don't just you? let people fucking walk free. Oh, like yeah. Just like, you know, I mean, it looks like a good guy. So eh, what do you, you kill two people. You're a white lady. You get to walk free. 100%. So again, this is Oprah and this is 100% her property. This is Betty Broderick and her talking. I just have to play a little bit of this because I just need you to understand and, and kind of get some context here as to Betty's, like, mindset. For them to have abused me and my children as much as they did. We did nothing in life to deserve to be treated so badly. But you see, you say you're abused. They're not here to speak for themselves. From everything that I've heard and read, they felt abused. They felt you calling and leaving obscene messages and you not not leaving them yeah, alone. Uh, there was a right. point when Dan, when Linda out. had even asked Dan to wear a bulletproof vest on the day of their wedding and they hired guards because they feared you physically, but you didn't fear them physically. You just feared them, what, intervening in your life? I didn't have a life. Intervening in what life? They had, Dan and Linda controlled every cent of the money Dan's name was on the house I was living in, on the car that I was driving, and he had sole custody, no visitation. But you said you just said yourself here, and I'm just trying to try to speak for them since they're not here. You said yourself that the money wasn't the issue. You were getting at this point sixteen thousand dollars a month. My safety was my issue. I, I, I was unsafe in the world. I had nowhere to live. I had nothing to drive. I. That 16000 was only until further order of the court, and he got his first order of the court to quit it within 30 days so of getting went, that order. Okay, Betty, so you went to the house that morning in order to do what? To talk to Dan. I had gotten my uh, another set of legal um, threats. They were threatening to take me to court, threatening to throw me in jail, threatening to keep me from talking to my sons. Why did you and, carry the gun if you only wanted to talk? I didn't exactly carry the gun. The gun was in the car, and I did consciously bring it. But, Oprah, these are not the bigger, the bigger subjects here. I mean, I did bring the gun as a way to make Dan and Linda listen to me. Okay. I want to hear from the children. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because this is the thing. First of all. Kudos to Oprah for getting that get. That is a fucking amazing get, right? And that's why she's the Oprah we She's the oh that's why she's the Oprah we all know today. I know! Oh my god, incredible. But yes, you were 1000 percent correct. So her daughter, her older daughter, um, and I I always get this wrong. I, I always confuse the two Kim. Kim testified against her in court. So that's really all I need to know. Basically, Kim testified that 
Betty was always threatening divorce, always saying like, fuck it, I'm going to leave you, whatever. You know, like she was that mom, as you can see and hear there, she was very like, ah, I don't know how to describe that kind of a person. That's why I wanted you guys to listen yeah. to that. But it's basically like this hyper worked up, always on 11 person where always, it's like, I'm going to divorce you, whatever. Always the world is out to get me. Mm-hmm. I work with somebody like that. Yes, yes, yes. Like, nothing goes right for me. The world is out to get me. Yeah. Yeah, the world, exactly. Everything is, like, making my life harder, even though it's them going to their house and spray-painting the walls and leaving crappy messages and running inside, like, literally running your car through someone's house. I mean, it's clearly you, Betty. It's you. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So, does that change your mind about Betty Broderick? <laughs> I still think she's the con. She's absolutely the con in this session. So, she is 100% the con. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would still like to hear what the kids have to say. So I'd like to hear their story. They need to write a book for me. Yeah. So, the kids themselves are very much like, oh, God, that was mom all the time. She was always ragging on dad. She was always, like, telling him, like, he was a crappy you know, father, but essentially like she was always like bringing him down and like crap like that. There is a phenomenal interview with the kids on Oprah again in 1992. Oh my God, Oprah, I love you. She was sentenced to life, of course, shocker. And she is still there. Um, she re- received 32 years to life. Um, she was denied parole in 2010 and 2017 and her next parole, 2032. Yes. yes. I love that. Yes. In 2017, she wrote, I have met all the criteria for my parole. My release date was 2010. Now I'm only a political prisoner. They have no reason to deny my parole. Um, how about you're a murderer, bitch? Mm. And there's that. So her four kids, right? They went on to live happy, healthy lives. Here's the bright side of everything. They have their own families now. They're still very close, the kids within themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, They were actually divided in 2010 whenever she was given, like, the parole. Um, Kim felt she actually should be released. And this is the same girl who, like, you know... Justified against her. Exactly. And they're basically... She's like, look, she served her time. Mom's, like, what, in her 50s, 60s now? F it. But Dan, Danny, the little boy, unfortunately, who was, like, pleading with his mom on the phone, was like, no, she needs to stay in jail. Basically, Kim's argument was, like, she killed the two people that she wanted to kill, and, like, she's done. Yeah, but what happens to the next person that she feels does her wrong? Yep. So, yeah. So, this is a really quote I just want to leave you with is, and this is from Betty. I'm not the kind of person to be with someone and not be married, and um, I never brought Brad anywhere as my date because he was too young. Gear up. I didn't want to be the other half of a midlife joke. It was like having a dog, but he was house trained. So while they were getting divorced, Betty had a side piece named Brad this whole fucking time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to like clutch your face like harder because, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and according to Betty, they slept together, but they never, like, had sex. 
Like, they would, like, stay at each other's houses, but they wouldn't, like, you know, like, do anything. So, was this, like, an oral or anal situation? I don't know. But this bitch, through all of this, had a boyfriend. Yep. Are we adding Betty to our list of, um... Oh, we're definitely going to write to her. I want to hear her side of the story because I know she'll talk. Oh, yeah. 100%. She's she's, she's that kind of person who's just like, talk, 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 talk. I mean, like, 100%. And this whole time, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I can kind of see where she's coming from and what she did was terribly wrong. And then this bitch has a side piece. Because you're buying the gaslighting. I'm buying the gaslighting. We've been through four years of it, so I'm like, I get it. I mean, I was I I wasn't really on the fence with the gaslighting, and I'm not one to victim blame. True, because I was buying. You know, last episode I read that whole book and I was believing it all. And sure. Even then I was like, you know, still. Yeah. But with her, I was like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will say this though: of the series on Netflix, it's great. It's worth a watch. It's 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 very much like fun and kind of like you know oh my god like again it's skewed heavily Betty's direction of course it is it's basically saying men are the enemy and women are right which I'm going to say right here right now is not true toxic masculinity is wrong men are not no toxic femininity is wrong yes women are not correct so therefore that's not always true, but the, the fucking series is great watching. Amanda P. fucking nails it. God dang it. She's so great in it. I will watch it. It's great. When I'm done with the Fat Five. Well, we are never done with the Fat Five. I mean, when I catch up on... When you catch up, because yeah, like yeah. you will have to like repeat that shit, because JVN and Karamo and Anthony and Tan and you know Bobby need our attention. Yes, I love them, and... Um, yeah, I love them. I know. They're my best friends. They are my best friends. Right? right? Yes. I know. Even though I've never met them in person, no, I did get no. a chance to see JVN like, in like concert, so to speak. Like, like. Anyway, but yes, agreed. So that is the story of Betty Broderick. Highly recommend watching Dirty John. It's a super fun show. And yes, Christian Slater. Oh. Yeah, fun. But, um... She's a trip, man. She is a fucking mind trip. I may have to go back to Half Price Books and pick up the Aaron Rule Betty Broderick. I think you should. Please, I will read that shit. I'll read anything Ann Rule does, which if you do, guys do not know, Ann Rule worked with Ted Bundy. That's correct. Right next door. She had no clue. None of us did. No. Nobody did. No. Anne Rule is the queen of true crime. She's the queen of true crime, and she will always be, and I will challenge and fight anybody who disagrees. At us. At us. At us. <laughs> and go to your half price books. True crime section, they will have so many Anne Rule books. Mm. Mine does. I'm going to have to go back. Yeah. Are you ready for a star mom? I am, because I'm done with this gun. Uh, yeah. That, that kind of, because I'm going to take you on a journey. Ooh, excited. I am so excited about this. So, remember last week how I started on one mom and I switched to another mom? Yeah. I started on one mom this week for star mom and I switched to a new mom. Okay, I love it. Okay. 
I know. I'm a hot mess express. Ask the pot. <laughs> Your husband's like, what is going on with you? You're like, don't worry about it. He Just told don't. her today, he's like, she's a hot mess. <laughs> Who isn't among us? So I'm going to tell you about Alicia Beth Moore. Okay. A.K.A. Pink. <gasps> Fucking A. That's her name? <laughs> I am so ashamed right now that I didn't know that was her name. Okay. I know Lady Gaga's name, Stephanie Germanata, but I don't know Pink's name. You guys, I am so excited that it's like I just met her. Because to tell this story is like if I just met her. Like, I have loved her so much. And then, um, so Amazon, if you don't know, Amazon Prime has this documentary right now. And I watched it with the pod daughter. And I love her even more now. Oh, my God. I love, I love, I love pink. I love pink. I love pink. Okay. If we, if she is in the state of Texas, Mm. we are going. Oh, 100%. Period. End of story. Absolutely. That's happening. Please come to Tejas. Eventually, yes. Please. Once all this crap gets out. Like, I'm getting like a little girl. Oh, my God. Her name is Alicia, really? Beth Moore. Wow. Um, okay. She was born September 8th, 1979. Mm-hmm. We're the same age. In Doyle's Pennsylvania. I thought you were 21. Stop it. Shh. Shh. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Wait, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the second born child to Jim and Judy Moore mm-hmm. and grew up in most a mostly middle class suburb. So But her parents divorced when she was three. Mm. Mine should have first did. I mean y'all made mistakes. <laughs> it is said that her parents her parents split is one of the things that led to her rebellious attitude. My parents' non-split is probably one of the things that led to my rebellious attitude. <laughs> Same side, different coin. Oh, wait, no, that's the other way around. Same coin, different side. There it is. She so, it. Um, Pink herself has said, I was never allowed to go over to any friend's houses when I was little because I was a bad influence. None of their parents liked me, and my own parents were scared to death of me and for me, which breaks my heart. That makes me so, so sad. But let's move on. Okay. Okay. Because I don't want to think about sad things and... Not with a star mom, no. Sad things and my sister Pink. So, but then she found music. Um, As young as 13, she was navigating the Philly club scene. Um, she was an experienced um, vocalist and dancer by the time she was 14 and started writing her own songs. And if I get any of Pink, if you hear me, and I get any of this wrong, I am so sorry. You tell me, I will issue a retraction, I will correct it. So make it right. I will make it right for you, boo. <laughs> we love you, boo. <laughs> she had a regular singing gig at a Philly nightclub every Friday night. And eventually, she dropped out of high school, and in 1998, she earned her GED. Okay. Fair enough. And, I bet you didn't know this about my girl. She was actually in two different R&B groups early on. One called Basic Instinct, and the other was called Choice. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those are, like, 
Those names are literally the 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 wow opposites of the sexual spectrum. <laughs> There's like I'm thinking like basic instinct, like the movie, and then choice, i.e., not basic instinct. Am I right? But they well, they both ended quickly, and they didn't really go anywhere. Um, but that doesn't mean that the experience was a complete failure because what happened, um, Choice's formal label, LaFace, um, supported her on her striking out on her own. And so with that support and she changed her name to Pink is how she started recording her first solo album, Love, called Take Me Home. This album, um, it was released in 2000, and it actually went double platinum. Yep, I remember this. And for those that don't know, that means it sold 2 million copies. It actually had two top um, 10 singles, there you go, and most girls. Mm -hmm. And then she found herself on tour opening for your boys in sync. Okay, but <laughs> I was always a backstreet girl. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to get a lot of ads for the fucking NSYNC thing. I was always a Backstreet Boy girl. And Kevin, till the day I die. I knew nothing about the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. To this day, I couldn't tell you which one Justin Timberlake was in. NSYNC. I have no fucking clue. He was the lead singer. Sure. He had his ramen hair. Sure. Whatever you say. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you about this. You can fight me because I have no clue. I'll I'm fight you. your ass. Let's do this, because I don't know. Um, so, with her being successful at this point, like, in this time frame, she was afraid of being lumped in with, quote-unquote, the pretty singers that were dominating the scene at the time. The scene at the time. We're going to go Christina. We're going Britney. Uh, Jessica Simpson. Yep. Um, so she began looking for edgier sounds and sure. in 2001, she found what she was looking for. And that's when she did the remake of Lady Marmalade <gasps> with Christina, Maya and little Kim. Oh my and God. if you haven't heard that, you get on your phone, you get on Amazon, you get on Apple, you fucking jam out to that shit. 100%. And also the movie Moulin Rouge is one of my most favorite Movies of all time, Baz Luhrmann, an incredible director. Holy shit, Nicole Kidman. Oh, God, you and McGregor is so hot in that movie, too. I'm going to watch it when I go. You do that. I will. Highly recommend. And this is when she released her second album, Ms. Understood. Ms. Understood. Oh, my God, I remember this one. This one really, like, impacted me. Again, I don't give a shit. You guys know my age. 2000, I was 13. 2001, I was in, uh, it was like freshman, so sophomore year of high school. Pink, Britney, NSYNC, Backstreet, Buddha. I mean, like all these people are like highly influential for me. So when Misunderstood happened, I was like, like I didn't know there was something other than like a Britney. And yeah. like I totally got when yeah. Pink was like coming at me, I was like, oh yeah. Yes. And then Avril. And then, you know, going in the mix. So. Yeah. Yes. And Misunderstood went on to sell more than 10 million copies worldwide. Fucking hell. I had no idea. Yeah. Crazy. Like, crazy numbers. And, I mean, it's understandable. She, 
she identified with people who were unidentifiable at the time, which is like popular kids identified with Britney. They did. They, they were like, look, you know, I'm cute. I'm pretty. I've got pretty hair and all that fucking shit. But all the rest of us were like, yeah, I'm going to pink or an Avril. Like, because like we didn't have a person, you know, and like, we're more like, you know, edgy or like, we're like on the fringes and we don't like sing pretty like Britney does or whatever, you know, it's more of a different vibe. Pink can sing. Girl oh, can no, sing. Oh, no, she can. Absolutely. Girl can sing. I remember like being pink and sing and I love me some Britney all. Love her. Save her. Free Britney. Um, hashtag free Britney. But I remember being like, Britney, they just auto-tune the shit out of her. But Pink oh, for sing, sure. For know? sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So 2003 came, and so did her third album, Try This. And that was more rock-based. And the hit single, Troubled, came. And this is when Pink won a Grammy for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. Um, but the third album did not see the same amount of sales as the previous two albums. Did. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in two, 2006, Lord have mercy, I'm trying to jump 10 years, we got our fourth album. I'm not a... Hold on. I think I'm missing some words in here. Bless my heart. <laughs> Bless your sweetheart. Bless my heart. It's been a rough week. I named this week Pennywise because, well, it's been a rough week. Mm. Yeah, if we were all just a clown from Maine. Mm. What was that? What was the name of the album? I'm not a fourth album. I'm not dead. Mm. Got it. And um, this album's number one single was Stupid Girls. Mm -hmm. And we all remember Stupid Girls, um, which was basically an attack on some celebrities at the time, a.k.a. Paris Hilton and Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. But Pink explained this song, and I'm quoting, it was more of a social commentary on these girls who they who think they have to be stick thin and have the latest handbag. There's nothing wrong with being sexy, but you have to be sexy for yourself, not society. Yeah. And also 2006, eight, seven, and eight is when we were like really like into paparazzi shit. People, I mean, I'm talking about myself 1000%. Like that was when we actually started working together. Now that I think about it. That's it. 2005, like, yeah, five, six, seven, because we yeah. would always, like, talk about, like, holy fucking shit. We have, like, basically, like, a Deadpool on Britney, on Lindsay, on yes. Terrace. We were terrible people. We were terrible. We were horrible people. And that's what learning growth and therapy does. <sighs> Come with us. Join us. Join, Join us. One of us. So, um, 2008 brought us Funhouse, mm -hmm. which was a, an amazing album. I know because I re-listened to it this week. Cute. I actually re-listened to all of her albums this um, week at work. Um, this, like, brought me joy. Yes. Yay. Love that. And then 
2010, we got Greatest Hits So Far, which had fucking perfect and Raise Your Glass. Mmm, Raise Your Glass. Fucking perfect. Oh, Mm. yeah. 2012, we got our sixth studio album, Truth About Love, which went to the top of the Billboard 200 with multiple top 10 singles, including number one hit, Just Give Me a Reason. The tour that followed this album was the third highest grossing tour of 2013. Wow. And I bet you didn't know this. She's written songs for Cher. What? Yes. The Queen? Yes. Cher. Uh-huh. It was on her album Closer to the Truth. It was on her album Closer to the Truth. I the songs were I Walk Alone and Lie to Me. She's written songs for Celine Dion, um, Recovering. The Canadian Queen? Yes. What? Yes, she's an amazing songwriter. Um, in 2013, she was actually in a movie and played a sex addict in Thanks for Sharing. Huh. What? Now... This album. Stop what you're doing. You stop what you're doing. Put it in your phone. I'm done. I'm done doing things. You need to go. In 2014, she released this folksy album Mm -hmm. called Rose Avenue with Dallas Green, and it's under the band name You and Me. What? This is my absolute favorite album. Dallas Green? This is my favorite album of all time. We cannot play any music from it. No, but I am going to look it up, and it's gone. Oh, there it is. Let me make sure it's the right one. This right here. What? With Dallas Green? It is. Do you know who Dallas Green is? No. (laughs) But. Shall we? Shall we dance? Um, uh, all of us scenesters out there just screamed into our black nail polish and like stupid tattoos, especially the stars like on our shoulders or our elbows because that's or what we used to ear. Oh, I just called you out. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> so that's for your royal. Sorry, <laughs> it's true though. Side of true. Dallas Green used to be the the singer in Alexis on Fire, which, holy fucking shit, he was the, one of the main reasons I listened to that band, and City and Color. He's a big fucking deal. He's a big fucking deal. Well, I'm just telling you, Rose Avenue is well, my now, Well, now I'm listening to it. Now, 100%. I, as soon as I listened to this album the other day, I almost... Texted you and was like, "Listen to this right now." Oh but I was like, "I can't ruin the surprise." Oh yeah, that, that, that this, this is happening because yes, hundred percent. Favorite album of all time. I can see why right now. I, exactly. It is amazing. It is awesome. I cannot believe that this is not in my universe before now. I feel like a loser that has taken six, seven years to enter my world. Mm. At least you got here. That's the point. Mm-hmm. It's here now. So 2017 brought us a seventh studio album, Beautiful Trauma, which went straight to the top of the Billboard 200. Nice. 2018, she performed at the Grammys and sang the national anthem of the Super Bowl. Yes. 2019, Beautiful uh, album, Studio Album 8, Hurts to be Human, 
top of the Billboard 200 as well. Third album in a row to do so. Damn, girl. Personal life. She's married to motocross star Carrie Hart. I only know him from his tattoo show. Not from motocross. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. So they married in Costa Rica in January 2006 after she proposed to him at one of his motocross races. She proposed to him? Yes. And I remember seeing this on TV. It was the cutest fucking thing ever. I kind of love that. She like wrote it on a whiteboard because they write things on the whiteboard as they're going around the track. And she wrote, will you marry me? And held it up. It was the cutest fucking thing ever. Um, I just love her. So, after two years of marriage, Pink and Carrie separated, which... I remember that. I was like, oh no! The album in 2008, Funhouse, uh-huh. was... Those songs were... I don't know if I want to use the word inspired, but a lot of those songs were about their separation. If you go back and listen to them, mm-hmm. you'll yeah pick up on it. Right. Um, and then in an interview with your girl, Oprah, the big O in 2010, Pink revealed that her and Carrie were back together and that the separation taught her a valuable lesson about herself and how to function in a marriage. Marriage is hard, dude. You know what? It's fucking hard. 20 years. It's fucking hard, man. There it is. You just got to power through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in June 2011, Willow Sage made Pink a mom for the first time. Cute. And in December 2016, Jameson Moon made her a mom of two. Cute. So, I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, she's an outspoken advocate for the LBGTQ community. Mm-hmm. She supports PETA, the Human Rights Campaign, UNICEF and Save the Children. Love. I believe the Human Rights Campaign was one of our support Saturdays recently. Mm-hmm. I think so too, yeah. Um, so I was really happy when I saw that. Right? After her and her son were diagnosed with the Rona, she announced she was donating $1 million to healthcare workers who were risking their lives by caring for others during the outbreak. Love that. So... Like I said, um, I watched the documentary on Amazon Prime, and I didn't think I could love her any more than I already did, but I do after I watch that. So she is an amazing mom to her kids, and watching this show, um, it shows them on tour. She was on her European tour, and if she was not on stage, she was with her kids. Her and Carrie would take the kids out to do things in whatever city they were in as a family. I think, I don't remember what city they were in. I wish I had, like, fucking taken notes, but I was not planning on doing this. I pulled an audible. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe they were in Amsterdam. They freaking took a bike ride down the street to the local park for the kids to play at the park. Like, cute. And they were getting on a boat ride. Like... It was not Pink being on tour and Carrie taking care of the kids or Nanny taking care of the kids. It was them being as a family, and then she would go rehearse, and the kids would go with her to the stadium. Right, right. Um, 
like they went out to dinner. I, I don't know if it was the band and the dancers, but it was this big dinner. The kids went with them. The hotel rooms had baby gates for Jameson. Um, at one point, Willow started running a fever, and Pink was on the phone with the doctor. Right, like she's doing her own shit. Yes, and you could just see the kids in their eyes and in their faces, the love they have for their mother. Right. And vice versa, the love that she has for her kids. And that is all you need to know. That is like, that is, that is all. Like, the love you see between them without any words, like, I just fell in love even more. Right. Like, because it's like genuine. It's not like a, a celebrity doing the thing where you're like, oh, documentary crews here. Let me just pretend to be a mom for a minute, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, they were back at the hotel. I, I think it was Mimi after a show. I'm not quite sure. And they were talking about it. And um, she set the kids down. And they were eating dinner. And she sets the kids down at dinner. And she takes a bite of their dinner. And, she takes the sh- and then she goes to the table with all her people with a glass of wine. But she gets her kids situated with food. And then she goes back to talk about the show. I mean. It's very mom. Yeah. She is involved. She is. Right. A working mom. Right, right, right. Exactly. And so I was like, I didn't think I could love her anymore. But seeing this, like, Mm -hmm. I love her more. Yeah. But let me tell you about little Jameson. (laughs) See, wild child. Pink, if you're listening to me, that was my youngest pod son when he was a young child. He was crazy. (laughs) I have stories. Things ended up in fish tanks. TVs got colored on. Um, kids got heads busted open. He is a mini-me. If you need to talk, girl, if you need advice, my mini-me pod son is 13 now. Call me. <laughs> Call me. She's got some uh, tea she can spill. Call me. Mm. We'll discuss. I'll help you through it. Like I said, we'll be besties. Mm-hmm. Not a creepy way. In a, I had one of those kids, <laughs> and I know what it's like. When and you know. I got you, boo. 100%. <laughs> but no, it was just, um, if you love Pink, watch it. If you don't love her, watch it, because you'll respect her. And her shows are fucking incredible yeah she does that shit with like the silks where she's like doing this acrobatic crap and i'm like are you fucking kidding me not only that she puts this circle thing on Mm -hmm. and she flies way out way way out there what and comes back girl she cried nobody else does shows like this you know for real i mean like the the amount of like acrobatics she does in her shows from what I've seen, I'm just like, what? Oh, and I forgot to write this down. So at this just recently we had the Billboard Music Awards mm-hmm. and she got the icon award. We discussed Bon Jovi. Yes. Right? Yes. So apparently her and Bon Jovi are BFF. What? Yeah. And he is the one that announced and gave her the Icon Award. Okay. Bon Jovi's had a lot of work done, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. For sure. He doesn't look like Bon Jovi. I love you, Bon Jovi. You should have scaled it down. I mean, like, there's, a, like, a a limit 
to your face at some point, in my opinion. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. But let me go back. Yeah. Her and Willow have a song. And her and Willow performed Ariel together at the Billboard Music Awards. This was the apps. I watched the video. It's on YouTube. Um, oh, my God. It was the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, this was not a Tollers and Tiras mm-hmm. stage mom situation mm-hmm. because... When Willow got done, she, like, jumped up and down, like, all excited. It Aww. was the cutest fucking thing ever. Like, she actually really enjoyed it. Yes. Cute. I love that. And then also, in the middle of the Amazon documentary thing, um, in the middle of the tour, um, Willow said she wanted to go home and go to camp and be with her friends. Mm-hmm. And so, she was, like, told her, she was, like, okay, you can go home. Papa will take you home for a week. She was, like... And it was the funniest thing. She's like, I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. You can go home. So she's like, if that's what you, you know, she's not. Yeah. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, she takes what her kid, what she, her kids want to do into consideration. It's right. not, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to force you to be here. Right. It's not all about her. Yeah. Right. It's like, like, I'm actually a mom. I'm actually like, you know. I care about you. I care about what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. You don't have to do that, you know? Yeah, so Carrie took Willow home for a week. And so, yeah. Love it. Yeah, so I'm, like, you get a good little schoolgirl. After <laughs> I saw that, I was, like, With I, Kate? Yeah. I ditched the other one I was going to do, so I... Won't. Is it because y'all are, like, the same zenial generation? Shut your face. <laughs> Pink. You know we're not Zennials. You know we're Gen X. You know this girl. Why do you want to be Gen X so bad? Because What Zennial, do they have that, that we don't have at the millennial generation? Zennial sounds like millennial, and it just... What's wrong with being a fucking millennial, homie? Join us, man. No. Like, we get blamed for everything, and at this point, we're like, you know what? Meh. What are you going to do? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I... I dumped my other star mom for you, Pink. And good thing you did, because Pink is incredible. Wait till you hear my other star mom, because I'm going to have to go back to her. Okay. She's good, too. Future episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. No, not spoiler. Teaser. 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 We have a lot of wine today. <laughs> Who hasn't had a lot of wine? Come at me if you haven't. I'm kidding. But, don't um, add us. Please don't add us for that. No. Don't. Don't encourage that. No. Sorry. Um, thank you all so much for listening to our rambling, our wild rambling at this point, but <laughs> you know what? It's been really a hell of a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. I love it. I love it. I love learning new things. Me too. I love learning about new people and like, honestly, like it's been a lot of fun to just shoot the shit and talk about bad and amazing people with you. I love talking about the amazing after the gosh, yes. We need dumpster that. fire. We need a kind of like a going up into the right versus a you know mm-hmm. what's happening there. So yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening and as always we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.
You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.